and we are um, sitting here with the one and only Greg Brown for what is uh, officially my first podcast, actually. And uh, we're going to get right into it. We're trying not to get too excited before we get going, but we are going to uh, tell the beautiful story <laughs> of Greg Brown. I feel like there's a lot about you that a lot of people would like to know or might necessarily not know, and there's a lot of maybe stigmas in certain ways, but uh, it'll be cool to get to know you better than I do now and shed some light. Where does... Sorry to interrupt you. I have some some stories to tell. (laughs) I have encountered some amazing people that have just, you know, been a part of things, so... (laughs) Where does the story of Greg Brown start? Well... I came down to Bloomington. I came down to Bloomington just right out of high school, uh-huh. and it was in the '67. And so '67, when my song '1967, I go in 1967. I was 18 years old. I was 18 when '67 took hold. It was an important year for me. Born in '49. Yeah, yeah. In a, uh, uh, I guess that is how math works, right? Yeah, yeah. You got it. Uh, um, but in the spring, I was a senior in high school. In the fall, I was a freshman in college down, mm-hmm. at, down at Wesleyan, and uh, then connected to Bloomington. I'd move away. I moved away twice and came back, and I've been here since 85. Interesting. So Bloomington kind of just fits me. And uh, So in 85, you're turning about 25, 26, uh, give or take? Well, let's see, 89, I was 40. Never mind. I'm, I'm flipping gears already. Yeah. yeah. So you were... So already at a pretty established point in your life. Yeah, well, I was, uh, when, uh, when I was married, 88 to 91, oh, that was when we took our trips to Sedona. Mm-hmm, that we were just talking about a little yes, bit ago. Yes, I, was, I, was, I said I was, I've been fortunate in a sense to be part of two massively important social movements in the course of my life. It's the 60s counterculture when I was in the teens and early 20s. Uh, late 60s and early 70s, and then what was called the New Age movement in the late 80s and early 90s, and I was very much, it's almost like I was, almost like I've been from a foreign country, because those, if you were part of those, if you were deeply a part of those, it was just, it was a different culture. So you felt a a pretty attached part of the second counterculture in your words? Yeah, very very much. I mean, it's it's like, it's like my friend, she said, uh, she said, um, well, she's, she was New Age before there was the New Age. Right. <laughs> and well, we were, so we were both... The old age. Yeah, <laughs> we, it was just the way we lived. It was just, but, but as things started, you know, as, as the culture started to, started to work in a certain kind of way, um, crop circles were, I mean, the phenomenon of, uh, uh, the different phenomena that people were studying and learning about crop circles were certainly one of the very interesting things that were happening. And so I was intrigued by that. And, near-death experiences and uh, uh, Native American spirituality and Eastern mysticism and... Did you touch into that at all when you ended up going out west? Not quite east, of course, but a lot of that, you know, Native American energy out there, did you feel oh, a connection yeah. to that too? Oh, well, we, we, we were there for weeks to, you know, we were, she later moved there, lived there for a year, mm. but uh, but in, just in our brief time there, the, you know, but the, our hours just made, we made them as much as we possibly could and we mm-hmm. just absorbed as much as we as much as we possibly could, and it changed, changed our, I mean, 
he gave us so much. What kept you here initially? Did you ever feel a pull for yourself well, to maybe we, move we, out that way? The, the, the joke was everybody, you know, almost everybody that goes and visits tries to figure out a way to stay there, you know. But of course, but uh, it's not as hard of a place to figure out how to stay. And yeah, even today, yeah, than yeah. like California and stuff like that, where you're in plenty of places. Illinois has got to be one of the fucking worst as far as some aspects of cost of living. To this, at this point, with, I mean, you and I probably don't necessarily feel it so much, but like property tax is yeah. crazy high here, for instance. It's just, it just it ties, and it just it just right. kind of works, and part of it is just I don't I don't know, you know. Like I thought about, I said, I told myself, well, someday I'll live in in someplace beautiful, in the mountains or the ocean or something. And just, but Bloomington kind of fits me. The, the universities. The bring, size. Yeah, I, mean, I don't want. I get lost in a. I, I was raised in a small town. I, I mm-hmm. would get lost, in a, I think, in a big, massive urban setting. And so Bloomington was a good size for me. Plus, with the universities, a lot of what I do is around the universities. Right. So, um, the you universities bring in a lot of you know intellectual things and things, opportunities for activism and learning, and uh, just. You're talking about how you're uh, involved with the MBO, the Music Business Organization. Yes. Right. Is what? What do you? Uh, what is it that you do through your involvement with them? Well, it's just uh, by going to their open mics and being a part of it that way. And then I've been going to their meetings, and I get to know them as people. And uh, like uh, the after a while, the, the 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 person that became president of the group these last several semesters, uh, he, he sometimes he'd come up and drum with me. So I mean, it just, became, <laughs> it just becomes real cool, right? You know, I mean, they're pulling off uh, different kind of events and things, and uh, and I just by by just be coming to the meetings and being a part of it, I I mean, it, what's cool about a, a a public a big public university is, is I can walk in and be part of the student groups. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I graduated from ISU, but I, you know, I don't know if that really even matters. You know, if you're if you're a taxpayer. You can, you know, it's different than a little public, little private school like Westland. Well, you're also pseudo royalty of a place like ISU, and they make silly stories about the marijuana man and on and on and on. Well, the, the you line, come with a bit of a, you know, reputation. The line of the, uh, the local legend was that's the thing I've lived. <laughs> I've lived. That's the phrase I've lived with for several. But if you do things, and I think again, I think it's because I've my involvement in those cultural movements. Gave me gives me a background and perspective on things very very different than like anything crazy that you're forced to go through or just find yourself a part of it's it becomes something that defines you yeah 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 and so I kind of live that way I kind of live that way and it's uh, I mean I pick out th- I, I pick out things I try to pick out things that are really important I mean when I I did you know my, the, the sign I was known for you like know, staying just, young and being a person. Well, if you, you know, something, yeah, you know, I mean, uh, <laughs> yeah, um, the, uh, I mean, the sign I care, uh, that I was known for, cannabis cures cancer, it's not just legalized, or, mm-hmm. you know, it's cannabis cures cancer, and then I had the document to back it up, a hundred scientific studies that, sh- that, that so demonstrate this, and... yeah, yeah, so, I mean, I wasn't just, I felt, you know, what I'd say to people is, when they stop and talk to me, is uh, I shouldn't stand here in a college campus and make a claim like this if I don't have something to back it up. And so plenty I try of, plenty of credible resources. Yeah, yeah. Like so I have something to back it up, and and uh, so I try to be real careful about that. And like for, like for Tulsi Gabbard, when I more the more recently, I mean she is the uh, she is the anti-war candidate. I mean I've been part of the I've been part of what I consider the anti-war movement my whole life. And she served overseas. Well, that's her background, and mm-hmm. and she's. So she came to the same conclusion 
what I read from her, she's come to this basically the same conclusion that I did and we did in her own way. Um, I mean, so I've been part of the peace movement, or there's a peace movement to be a part of or not. You know, there's the, the peace movement's kind of come and go, but I... As I'm, much as I really hate old white guys with frizzled white hair, I still am a big fan of Bernie. Well, Bernie has a lot to say. He's got a lot to say for him. Well, and she... she but backed, I, like, I, I do like her, too. Well, She's she backed awesome. him up in, the, in 16. And, oh, yeah. And, she and, went, and, and, I don't know the story exactly, but, I mean, she resigned from the DNC when, when they... When, they, when she know. ended up pulling out of the race, she ended up jumping into his camp, and people were pretty upset at her for that in the you know other groups that be the clinton camp or whatever you want to say but she was still pretty adamant to say no like Ber well, she, bernie's the boy she's uh i don't know i mean i, I just I, I when i hear her speak she, what she's saying that she's what she's learned and what she's what she says she will do anyway you hope for something like that yeah yeah so so but the point is I, tr I try to pick out, if, I, if I'm going to stand for something, I try to pick real, I don't just, I try to, it's deep, it's, it, it's solid, it means a lot to me, and uh, I hope that I can, can, you know, I hope I can convey that to people when, when I get a chance, when, they, when, I, di when I have dialogue with people. Mm -hmm. So, um, but be being here, living the way I do, and, and the things that mean something to me, I've had a chance to establish myself in a certain kind of way here and it's meant something you know on a you know small to a lot of people to on, a, on a small local scale and it's just it's just it's just what it's just what being a part of something and <laughs> long enough <laughs> you a person can establish something for themselves or, uh, 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 so it's just it's just an opportunity we have and and uh, you know the cool part is I mean I've gone out on limbs and the system I mean, had to you know, I've never been dragged away for doing it, you know? Mm -hmm. I do it, like, maybe it's, you know, partly is the way that I do it, maybe, but partly is we do have a little bit of freedom, and we can go out there on our limbs, and we can find a way to... And say whatever we want. Well... And then stand up for things that we care about like that, like being able to be vocal like that is the best part of, about being here, in my opinion, is that you have everything, every crazy thing that, happen is gonna, that happens is going to be outweighed by the reaction to it, which is if something hugely negative comes down, the reaction is going to be outrage, and hopefully usually civilized outrage, but still, nonetheless, people back, tipping the scales back in the favor of things being halfway freaking decent instead of crazy all the time, you know what I mean? Yeah, you can, you have a, you, you have the opportunity to try. Right. Thank, thank, the system gives us the opportunity to try. I, mean, I, I, I haven't, you know, the things, you know, don't cross certain lines, and I haven't. Right. And given that, so I've take I've that's been a huge part of my life to stand up for things you believe in. Yes, yes, and it's kind of you know, and so people come to they come to mean something to some people, but that's just uh, again, it's, a lot of it is just you that's know, a side effect of caring about a, the things you want and to. being a part of something long enough that you you know you. Like anything you do, you don't do it for any of those side effects because you never get into it for thinking of any of those side effects. Those are just positive outcomes of the things that you invest yourself in and care in, whether it be starting a band or a business or be subconsciously becoming a part of a movement. It ends up having its own benefits and rewards, but that was never the benefit or reward you need. It's always just about being that part of it. Well, and just, yeah. Yeah, and just doing something 
long enough. It's like one of the benefits, one of the things, one of the great things I got from standing on the Ayeshoo Quad and the other settings and holding uh -huh. my legal, my uh, Cannabis Cures Cancer sign. Did you hashtag it? <laughs> no, I didn't hashtag it. But what I, but what I got was hundreds of, you know, over the years, hundreds of wonderful little three or four minute conversations. Right. I mean, I can't possibly, you know, those little conversations, were on, they were honest and deep and... With somebody you've never seen before, yeah, or might never see again. They, 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 they were, I mean, I didn't, you know, I was, I did it, and it's like, you don't, you're not yelling at people. No, I, I don't, I, I talk to the people that come up and talk to me. Right. And so, I mean, not, so I wasn't bothering anyone, and, uh, but those, those little conversations are so precious to me. Some of them were, some of them were profound, some of them were just fun. But so many of them were, were honest, and, and so, I mean, they're part of my, you know, they're part of me now. They're, they're part of who you are. Yeah, exactly. So, and, and getting to know, and getting to know people in, in a certain, you know, I mean, even three or four minutes, it's, you can do a lot in three or four minutes. Yeah, it's, it's kind of crazy, honest right? And deep, yeah, and, uh, and so getting to, having an opportunity to getting to know other generations of people in a, in a, in a sorry, I wasn't a teacher, I wasn't the authority figure, I wasn't the this or the that, I was just, you know. So uh, it, 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 it was a privilege, you know. It was, yeah, absolutely. It was, I'm, I'm honored to know you, of course, just in what ways we've known you, getting to know you over the last however long, six or shoot, ten years, who knows. But yeah, I admire you for that, too, being able to take take the benefit of that and enjoy it and process it and, you know, meeting all those different, because it's a constant, you know, flux of people every, no matter where you're at, just constantly flooding and changing through. But you got to be appreciative of where you're at and taking the moment to have that appreciation in the first place. Take, take the moment and have that appreciation. Yes. And um, what I tell people is, in my life, I have had some wonderful teachers. Mm -hmm. I truly have had some wonderful human beings as teachers in one kind of way or another. And so it kind of becomes my responsibility and maybe can, other teachers if I can pass it along right. you know and in, a, in fact that's my that's what that's the way it's supposed to work you know you're supposed to pass along in your well, own you time learn. so and maybe even other teachers besides humans if you get far enough into the crop circle thing <laughs> well the the spiritual reality or the you know the the the, the, the whatever the real reality around us and what's interacting with us and the, you know the many many mysteries you know, the unknown. Many mysteries. And, uh, the unknown is the most fun thing about know, anything. The, if, if you look at, if you look at what's, you know, right now, if you, if, I mean, one thing, you know, what if, you know, the questions I, what are they, why are they, you know, whatever, you know, whatever the answers to those questions are, and I don't really know, you know, the short answer, but I know they're beautiful. That's <laughs> enough of a reason to jump uh, on. Exactly. Anything, right? I mean, the, make, you know that in this one, Three big circles. We're looking at a couple of books that Greg brought over, uh, crop circle books that he has taken inspiration from, one of which has an uh, increasing series of three circles, the like heart, largest one. Almost heart-like. Almost heart-like circles, the top one especially, and that one has uh, some bubbles coming off of it. It's pretty, pretty drawing. And in that form is what's known, it's a, it's a very abstruse mathematical formulae known as the Mandelbrot set. Okay. Which I know nothing about. <laughs> well, you said the word. It sounded good. But 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 those who study that kind of thing can derive 
all that, sorts of from, meaning out yes, of the geometric from the, shape. Exactly, exactly, and and the perfection of it. When it's, it's let's just let's just say it's three hundred. A lot of them are like three hundred feet across. What's going on with that? Is it well, not meant see, to be a full well, circle? See, that's the point I was coming coming to the point. The point, the point right there. Was, the point <laughs> I was coming to is it. So let's just say this is three hundred feet across. Uh -huh. That's a, that's based a lot of them are you know the give or take you know but it's a big fucking circle. At that point is one single stalk of wheat. If, if that's whatever the grain is, I don't even know. Sure, corn, but, you name yeah, it. whatever it's, whatever wheat, wheat or oats, but, but whatever is so perfect. At that point is one single stalk of grain. I mean, a magnificent creation. That's all the other points along the edge yeah. and the negative space that make that point too. You know. Yeah. Pretty yeah. cool. So anyway, the 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 mind be hundreds of them, they're all unique. They're all different. Over a period, there's a learning curve. When they started in the '80s, very simple. Is that uh, when people first started noticing? Well, the, there's image there's images of them back in the 1700s. But the but the real the 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 the, the when really kind of impacted our our culture was in the, I remember it being in the early 80s, and, um, but they were real, they were just, they were really were just a circle. You know, the first ones were just hardly more, maybe maybe a circle with a ring around mm. it, but very, very simple. I, some, was, I sometimes wonder if they got more intricate, if lawnmowers got better, and people could just run out well, there. Well, see, that's... At the same time, when you're, when you're looking at things so big like that, I mean, but people could do that. But it, have you, did you ever see the one that was maybe out in somewhere Sedona-like? There was a big plateau, and up on the top of this plateau, how many thousands of feet in the air or whatever, was a crop circle, but it was impressed, like, within, like, three inches into the rock for the whole drawing of it. Wow. So it's kind of, it was kind of, some people maybe have debunked it, but it was up at that kind of elevation where it's like, how would you even well, think to start going about that? And then secondly, the, the imprint of it being, like, three inches or whatever, it was just fascinating, you know, hearing about it, it's like, yeah, maybe. You never know. It's pretty cool. I guess I'm just, I'm open to the, I, I like that there's mystery in the world. Yeah. I like, I like it when, when there's so many ugly things that are happening. You try to take the mysticism so, out of everything, you wind up with fucking Catholicism. There you go. And Here I go and again. The, <laughs> and, the, and these are, and these are just, so many of them, so many of them are incredibly beautiful. And, yeah, they're all uh, beautiful. Um, when I played under the, I played under the, I, I played under the, the, the band name. Ancient now. You do, you do now. Well, I have, and uh -huh. I still, you know, but uh, that's kind of the best band name I've ever thought about. Well, I, I thought about that. I'd seen this picture. It was a good name. And I came up with the name, but I didn't connect it till one day I was turning the pages and I kind of looked at it and went, oh, "That's Stonehenge." Stonehenge. Ancient now. Beautiful. And I went, ah, oh, I get it, I see the connection. Cool. I like that name. And that, you know, that I, I would say to anyone, you know, whatever this turns out to be, if we ever do find out, um, the mind behind it is ge super genius level. It has to be. Well, if it's humans, there's more than one mind behind oh, oh, it. Yeah. And yeah, if it's aliens, there's more than one mind behind yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or, or if it's Earth energy, however. However you, know, you want to so, break yeah, it down. Yeah, the, but the cool thing about these books is they're not like, he or she wrote this book. They edited this book. It's like a dozen different or so many different scientists uh -huh. studying it from different disciplines. 
Right. You know, whether all sorts of different. Yeah, uh, you're studying uh, whether you're studying the ground or the or the plants or you're studying the symbolism or you know whatever way you're studying it. And the same with this one. It's it's uh, different scientists. You know, scientists delving into it a little yeah, bit. Yeah, exactly. Who've been studying it for decades but from different disciplines. It sure. So it's like these books are like you touch a lot of bases and mm. um, you know any, anyway. But it's like crop circles. But that's just, you know, it's one thing I'm interested in, and, and right. certainly the song has... One of many. Yeah, oh, that's, exactly. That's yeah. what I was going like, to say, too. I'm, I'm not... It's like, is that the only thing you're... No, no, no. it's by far not the only... It's just something that's caught my attention, and the song has certainly crystallized. That's so. what I was going to bring up next, and the fact that, you know, a lot of people know you for the Crop Circle song, but which is <laughs> obvious, you know, it's synonymous with Greg Brown to some extent, and people well, that the funny thing have is, ears... Well, when when John Norton wrote that wrote that article, I mean, yeah, it's on Facebook now. It's, it talks about crop circle song on Central Illinois classic, and the, the story of, well, you know, I there hasn't been a crop circle, you know, within hundreds of miles of here. So how out of crop, Central Illinois did uh, you know? Well, that's because a person was involved in the. You know, the, you know the energy that was interested in that and learning about it, and then read some books, and you know, so. The next thing you know, just, you got a song. Exactly. Well, exactly. I was I was backstage. You know, IBC. Yeah. Illinois Brewing. I was backstage. Right. I I was back. Okay, I was backstage, at their open mic, and I was I had my dulcimer and I was kind of like strum 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 and walking around. It just occurred to me, you know, I should write a song because I've been, you know. Looking at the books, and I said, you know, I should write a song about a crop circle. It's cool when you can say, like, I should write a song about this, because for me, it always ends up working out that, like, I had, I might be feeling a certain way to a full enough extent where it's just, like, I can't help but write a song. Like, I never just, like, seem to think, just to sit down and say, you know, I'm going to write a song about this today. <laughs> well, I don't usually do it either. But then it was like, well, let's see, uh, what are they? Uh, why are they? Uh, what do they mean? And then I thought, well, the, 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 and then I had, well, and there's the two book titles. Uh, are they Harbingers of World Change, uh, These Secrets in the Fields? And so about a minute later, I had the song. And right. the next thought was, oh, I should do a video. But it took me 10 years, you know, so it took me about a minute and a half to go from I should write a song to have Sometimes you have the best fucking idea, and then it just, for no better or worse, like some, like it, that's just the life of a song. Yeah. Sometimes it takes 10 years yeah, to get to the point to where a, you're just even executing it the way you want to. Sometimes you write a song, and like you said, you even did write the song probably in five minutes. Yeah, it's less but, than that. But know, it's all just was there. You know? Some songs also take ten years just to write, well, yeah. let alone to well, that's the, <laughs> articulate. That's the creative process. It, it kind of just shows itself yeah. to you. It's like, yeah. I, always, I was thinking recently in, in my internal rant, just because that's how I process things. I just yell at myself all the time. I was thinking about <laughs> um, how music is really just like it's it's impossible to describe but it's really just like the air we breathe it you know of course connects everybody it is just that one thing that you really can't deny and there are people that you know don't get a lot or any enjoyment out of music which aren't really what just into it at all which i can't say i understand but everybody has their own thing but it's definitely one of those um substances that just makes its way and transfuses itself with everything forever it's got to be the oldest force of magic and ideas of just being on a, any kind of higher plane like you listen to music and immediately you're in a totally different realm it can take you back to places that you've been within an instant the same way as like an olfactory sense like mm -hmm. you see something or know something you hear that song and suddenly you're almost that person again there's been people that like have had, 
you know, Alzheimer's for years end up, like, picking their instrument back up and playing along with their old buddies at, like, 88 years of age that don't even remember their wives' names and stuff like that. Like, did you ever read... I saw uh, a video like that. Yeah, that, yeah. I saw that, too. Did yeah. you ever see... Did you ever read the book? Uh, it's kind of dense and pretty... I, unless you're just, like, plowing through it. it it's called... Um, that's by Oliver Sacks. And it is... God, I... I can't believe the name's escaping me. I should probably just look it up. But it's all about uh, these different uh, medical issues that different people had with specific relation to hearing and all the different ways that he was able to, like, diagnose and help treat people. Like, for instance, one guy, over the span of his life, ended up losing his ability to hear just, like, the higher octave. Mm -hmm. And so, like, he would... He was a composer, and he would be hearing everything, but it would just, like, grimace when he would hear even himself play, like, notes in the higher register. They would shake down out of tune or shake up in one way or the other, or maybe both. So he would write everything in the lower register at, on the piano for his orchestras, and then they would, you know, still play them, of course. But, like, crazy things like that. Crazy things, that, like, directly related to memory, and all of them very cool stories showing different ways that it, music absolutely heals people without a shadow of a doubt, like absolutely brings solace to people's lives who are suffering. You never realize like anything, like you wake up and you got a bad neck from the way you slept, how good you have it until it goes, even for a day, you're like, I can't wait till I can just turn my head normally again, or like, I, I'll never be able to live if I hear this frickin' pitch all day just stuck in my ear, this one whirring constant, you know what I mean? Like, things that might just be their ailments, like, it's cool that people have figured shit like that out to go heal things like that, like, I want to say his name was Oliver Sacks, I'm gonna look it up, but I'm pretty sure. Awesome book, I think you'd like it a lot. What's the name of it? Uh, that's why I'm struggling. Well, okay. Okay. I'm struggling okay. to bring it to mind, but um, okay, I'll find out right now. Cool. But uh, to carry the conversation into the next point, um, going from, of course, the crop circle song, I had to, you know, just take a quick selfie of us both for my own sake, but to send to my buddy Kyle. We were talking about when yeah, you, yeah, Greg had. Uh, stopped by the house tonight. I've been drunkenly telling everybody that I know for the last like month and a half that I or two or however long that I was thinking about starting a podcast. So everybody's like, Dad, you should it'd be great, whatever, yeah, yeah. No, you you're a fucking idiot. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but um yeah, you should do that. And I'm like, Yeah, it's gonna be great. I wanna talk to this person, that person, just like show off the all the things that I love about so many people, like some, all of my friends, like, and just put that out into the world, but like all of, you know, all about them. Like maybe yeah, even yeah. say a few, like of course say a few kind words about what I love about this person as a preface, but here's a snippet of who this person might be and get to know or this awesome story. person. Right, their story whether it be their story or. And their stories. Stories. Where they come from and yeah, yeah. How the, the fun stuff. Yeah, yeah, well. That's a good, that's a... It's a decent premise. It is a, it's a very good premise. You, if you're a part of a, you've been a part of a scene for years, and so you've met 
you, you've met some very cool people. I've met and a lot of great people. There you go. And so that's a way of, uh, and they're worth knowing, and they've got their story to tell. And they're, they're worth sharing. Yeah, they truly are worth getting to know. And uh, it's, it's, it, this is, we got the, we can do things now with this kind of thing that we couldn't, in the same kind of way, not very long ago, and now we might as well just use them to see what's. <laughs> yeah, as, well, as quickly as you can pull your phone out of your pocket, you're taking, a, you're documenting something. You might just be sending a dick pic to some unsuspected person soliciting, but <laughs> you're still like in some way you're still documenting a point in time, like just taking a picture. So yeah, I took that selfie of you and I just to send to my Kyle that we were talking about yeah, because we've yeah. always not only loved you as you know a person that we've gotten to know, but um all of your music and who you are, which we'll get unpacked even more, hopefully. But um, the other, the song that, like, I could come home in the middle of a freaking week and Kyle would just be <laughs> singing Shambhala <laughs> straight out of down-home funk. So it was funny when I brought that up immediately, you know, you've got a whole other avenue of a story on just that song and started explaining to me all the trinkets and things that led to that with your friendship with, your buddy and his wife and Stephen Vicky, brother and sister. Stephen Vicky. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I thought they were together. Did and you met them in town here? Well, I did. Um, just the just the timing was. I've been very fortunate in some ways. Right when I was, I started doing music in '93. Basically, I think it's partly uh, healing process from my divorce, mm. grieving process from my divorce. Start doing finding that I could do music, and, uh... And you were how old when you started playing music? Well, 93, I would have been just 40, so, 40... 42. Three or four, right in there, somewhere like that. Um, I mean, I, I had five years of piano lessons when I was in grade school, but, you know, I didn't, I didn't do anything with it after that. Well, it never amounts to much for so many people. But, it, but, uh, but it did later in my life, when, right. it, when, it, every, when everything else came together, I mean, uh, the way it worked was I would, uh, I would, I would, I was journaling, that my creative form was journaling, mm -hmm. and I, I, so I would just kind of be writing these little phrases that kind of came to, to my mind in my meditation and little phrases, and I'd slow by writing it down, and then I would be playing this new age music from the time. And I consider new age music some of the most beautiful music that's ever been written, because it, its its purpose was to be beautiful. I mean, it's, rock and roll has its power, you know. Some of it's beautiful, but it's energy and it's power and it's drive and it's. Whereas new age music, you know, a lot of it doesn't even have a beat, you know. Mm -hmm. More more for meditation and uh, t holding tones and wave sounds, and I think it's designed just to be as beautiful as it can be, and. So I would, so I write a phrase, and then and I kind of find myself just kind of singing to this line of music, and almost like a mantra. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. And but then it occurred to me, well, well, wow, if I came up with my own little line of music, I'd have my song, you know, instead of you sure. know. Thinking, so thinking about anything else that you. So so that was the that, that was a, that was the genesis of it right just there. Just for your just for yourself. It, uh, well, wherever, but that was where it started. I, I if I can come up with my own little lines of music with with the words I'm writing and so that's where it started and then but then so for several years a year or two or something like a couple of years I was working kind of at that level I wasn't playing any instrument and then um, then I got a drum and 
then I got, I decided, well, let me see if I could remember the keyboard, you know, and so I started picking out one finger and, and then, but then it was like, well, I really, I, if I'm going to take this farther, I, I need to find, hope to find some people I can do music with. Mm -hmm. And so that's when time was very fortunate. Kind of I met, presented itself. I met yeah. Steve and Vicky. Mm. Met Vicky, and then she introduced me to her brother. And we just, it was an instant click, and the commitment, and the friendship, and the, and it was from that, from that moment, uh, was every weekend for two to, and a half years. To find your life. And uh, he was, he had, he had his, Steve made instruments, mind-blowingly alien, weird, beautiful, one-of-a-kind in the whole world instruments, mostly stringed instruments, and um, oh, we sometimes make a theremin, you know, that's, I don't know what that is, but... <laughs> but <laughs> you don't uh, know what that is? Well, I know a little bit, but it was just wild, incredibly uh, imaginative pieces of art and um, brilliant work. And uh, but also wonderful, wonderful musicians, and so we go by once once a weekend, and the, it was it's a Steve's apartment, and it was uh, his workshop, and his uh, he had his old old piano in the corner, and, and it was his studio, and, and his, his where he he'd work on building his instruments, and he'd have his scientific experiments going on in the corner and around, and, and but we would take the time and make one evening a one one evening a weekend. And that was our time to jam, and that was like the high point of the week. Beautiful. And that was when I, you know, for a jam, and, and, and they, all, they were all multi-instrumentalists. And so at that point, I played key, I, I brought my keyboard, and I brought my drum. And then that was from, from April 95, and then November 95, one day Steve looked at me and he said, he said, I'll do, I'll do, I'll do it the way he said, he said if I can, he said, um, the, the forces told me to make the forces told me to make you a dulcimer, and I went dulcimer, dulcimer. You know, <laughs> uh, well, thank you. Uh, tell yeah. the tell the forces, thank you. I can't wait. Yeah, <laughs> give <laughs> them my love. Yeah, well, thank, uh, thank you for the thought. And but then I went. Well, Says I, the guy that's not into tarot cards. The forces have told me. The, to make well, you he told me that later. He told me that. Uh, well, you know, the, I took. It's like. Creativity is, is mysterious in its, own, in its own right. Oh yeah. So so I mean, creativity is the unknown. Exactly. So um, so I'd go, you know, I would go in that period of time. I'd go by his apartment every now and then. He'd be working on it. So I got, you know, that when a non-craftsman gets a chance to watch the craftsman at work, it's like amazing. So I got a chance to work and watch him work on the dulcimer. And when he finally put it in my hands, it was home. I mean, I didn't. I, well, it'll take me a year to, you know, I knew, I knew it. Takes people a year to play a stringed instrument, you know, right. to die. So I'll take I'll take it home and I'll work with it and I'll see if, you know, a few months down the road maybe I can. And I sat down and I and just went do well that sounded pretty and then I went do do and I went do and do 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 and it's like I can play this thing. <laughs> I, it found I mean you. I I play I mean I could play it from the sit down with it you know cradled it and then played it from, you know I mean I got you know you get more fluid at it and you get more but. But I was playing it from the just because it was just there. Do 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 do. It was, it was, it was there was that no, is what creativity is. It was beautiful is. from the first strum, and so it's like my mind was blown, you know. Yeah, you're there. <laughs> and then later, 
when I finally decided, you know, I should try to play guitar, I thought, well, I'll just play guitar like, I'll see if I can play guitar like I played dulcimer, you know, one finger. Right. And Not I, quite. That's, well, that's what I did, you know, that's basically, I played guitar like, more or less, like, I, I adapted it. I don't, I don't know, a, I, I pride myself, I don't know a single guitar chord. Well, you can adapt it pretty well to yeah. play something yeah. with just one well, finger. Well, there's entire, you know, there's entire... That's Mind, mindsets around playing the most minimal way that you possibly can. Well, that's what I was, that's, exactly. I thought, I'm just going to play it the most, the simplest way in and see what I can pull out Shake of it. out of it. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. So, then the more you put in, the more you shake out. Well, and, and if, you know, and then if you write songs to fit that style, then you look, and, and if people like the songs, it kind of makes the style legitimate, you know. <laughs> it, it, so, it kind of just breathes life into itself after you, you start something. You never expect it. Just like, again, just like a band or a friendship like that. It's crazy that he felt like he knew that he needed to give you, make you a dulcimer, not only give you, but make you a dulcimer. And it has obviously been that other best friend to you for life, but... Just the way that anything unfolds like that, where you go into something with really no intention other than just the great time that you're having, and it ends up becoming some crazy, awesome, defining part of your life. Well, I think I, I think that part of it may have been that if it, obviously if Greg can play a stringed instrument, that expands what we, the trio of us, can do. You know, yeah, so so, so at all kinds of levels of uh, possibilities. You right. Know? So, um, but when you because what did his sister play? Well, uh, she was Steve's equal as a musician, I can say. And an incredible piano player. I just will always, just dazzlingly beautiful. Finesse. Maybe, you know, that's, that's the word you could use, but just the, just the way, the sound, the way she played, the joy that she played, the... Uh, I think that's the biggest thing that stands out through anything, too. Just the joy that you can that you not only feel, but that people can see you feel is, I think, what is attachable to, whether you're a bystander or another part of said outfit, whatever it might be. When you find yourself in that place where you aren't thinking about anything and you're just like radiating that joy, yes, it becomes yes, that yes, thing yes. that everybody else becomes a part of as well. Well, there she is playing Steve's instrument. So she's yeah, playing looking keyboard. at, it, looking at also, a young gal. She also played around. guitar, you know, so she could, she, she was, she could pick up his instruments and play. And, and, and so. he's got some crazy looking instruments for anybody that listens to this. This gentleman, Steve, that we're talking about, this friend of Greg Brown's, was a master, I don't know if you'd even, you, you would call it luthier, because yes, yes. he makes stringed instruments. But also, you mentioned they're, they're just crazy contraptions. This one I'm looking at is two necks, one of which you were saying has like an analog feature, so it's like one of them is wired. Like a, it's like a player. It's like crazy. a player piano. It's a player guitar. And oh, he's got man. he's got he's got a, his, on on it is is is, is the, the the switches. And by the setting the switches, you set the rhythm. It's got four steel fingers. And they, they pluck the string to the rhythm uh -huh. that you've set, oh. and then he plays the other, the double neck. He plays the other guitar, I wild. I mean, it's it's got a built. That's the, that's the amp, little built-in amp. It's got a built-in mm -hmm. battery pack, oh, so you can walk through the woods with 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 Hendrix feedback screaming. Now that you mention it, I definitely see a little vonnegut in him, the player piano man. <laughs> well, just what a cool guy. He's got a uh, one of them's one of them is, is so you can stand up and then it spins. 
What? It plays a. It plays a. Um, they sound like. A, a, it's like a. It's like a violin, but it, the, 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 the 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 little motor spins it, and so around, so it, it goes against it's the strings, like, and it's a droney kind of a. Yeah. And, and so I mean, it, uh, again, uh, uh, they were on display. I made the connection, and they were on display as pieces of art. Oh yeah, let's at, go. Let's at, go into that. At the ISU Art Gallery, mm-hmm. from. Uh, Two months in the summer of 1997. And you kind of inspired that? Well, I w- yeah, I was the one that made the connection, to, you know, and, and uh, told, told uh, Deborah about, about them. And she believed me enough to say, okay. And so she came by, and, and I introduced them. And she would, you know, people would see them, and they would just... <laughs> Yeah, you know, and then, and then she and set it up for, for Barry to come, you know, the, you've got to see these. And he came by and a week or so later and saw them. And and pretty soon we got them on display, put them on display at a major show. It was Steve's Instruments and then seven different painters. And it was the summer of 97 and 5,000 people or so went by to see them. And I was thinking they'll go out to the world. And they didn't. But nevertheless, that just when I, like I said... How great are they? Well, they're they're great enough that they were on display at the ISU Art Gallery for two months as major pieces of art. My my dulcimer was on display as one of the pieces. Of, so my dulcimer, I say, I can say, was on display as a piece of art. You know? Beautiful. <laughs> so I mean, it's one of the stories I have about my about my dulcimer. But but it just shows to show the you know that they were right. Uh, I, I mean, I'm going to say that those, those people were right to recognize the brilliance of this man's work. Mm. Um, Yep. Uh, it's, it, now I'm hoping that well since since they're still unknown they're still sitting on his you know and they moved to, now they moved to Janesville and as far as I know they're just still sitting on his sitting floor but on, his, on, uh, dis- his on display still his pardon me on display still just for a few less people well nobody's just basically he's, uh, he's not living in he's 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 kind of isolated so I mean he's just kind of like he's not a people person exactly mm. but his niece Vicky's youngest daughter is now uh, in the, uh, she's got her own like studio and recording and that kind of, that's her thing. Okay. So she might be the person that'll make the, you know, get the, get the imagery or the photographs or whatever to, to get them, uh, to get them out. They really should come out, I, I think, in an academic setting because they represent genius level work in several dis- different, the science, the craftsmanship, the material, the the, the acoustics. It, it the sounds like an extreme foray into almost some kind of Da Vinci esque experiment. Oh, oh with, absolutely. With oh, being, absolutely. Oh, with ab- being ab- beyond ab- avant garde. Ab- ab- oh, oh. While also incorporating them into being. If anybody, if anybody wanted to take a weekend and have an experience that they would never forget, let's put it together and and take a weekend or take a day or two and drive up there. It's about a you know just a few hour drive up to the, just to southern Wisconsin. And we can meet them and yeah, see you're what talking, he's done. You're talking about like five or six people. We'd end up with a we, carton, we'd, a wagon full of people that would fall could, off on the I, way I there. would promise you, I would promise you an experience that you would... Oh, I'm in. Let's go. I would promise you an experience that you... I mean, if this is where I start, I'd be, okay, these two... Well, uh, uh, okay. Uh, uh, the first, I think, I could show you the first CD he did. When, um, when the first time they were able to both come down after they, they, they were gone for several years, mm-hmm. they were both were able to come back. We went into Eclipse Studio. I introduced them to David. 
you know Eric Nelson? His brother. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, well, uh, I worked with. I know. I don't know his brother. I worked with Eric. I back love in that the, dude. Well, I worked. I worked with him. See, we went. See, we went into their uh, was Signway. We went into Signway yeah, Studio yeah. back in them. We he remembers Stephen Dickey. Eric would remember Stephen Dickey. We went in, into that studio. We made a we made a cassette. Yeah. There in that studio, and then but, but then later in two thousand eight or two thousand seven, when I later part of my life, you know, ten years later, whatever it was, when I got a hold of. I was like, I went through phone book and I, studio, do, 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 do. oh, Eclipse, that sounds interesting, call him, talk to David. David was, on, it turns out, I didn't even realize at first that that was Eric's brother. But, sure. but yeah, David, Eric would always talk about how well, David he was and his a, brother would have their fun and still do, of course. Well, David still was brothers. the one I worked with. David is, a, awesome. is a, an incredible, you know, to me is a corollary of, of working with Trent. You yeah, know, brilliant, young, multi-instrumentalist who, who is producer and, and, uh, so, but um, as I was gonna say, there's another Eric. I love. We were talking about Eric Manuel earlier. Shout out to Eric Manuel. Good Eric's around. <laughs> yes, yes. But when we 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 did that once, we were able to do a CD. He was able to bring down. He probably he didn't. He never. He doesn't bring down the two. The the one that's probably his travel guitar. Really? He doesn't bring the the one that plays how, itself. How do you travel with well, something just, like that? He just, you know, takes put wraps it in a blanket. <laughs> That's what CJ always did with his keyboard, yeah, and me and Kyle yeah. do nothing but give him but the best can, time about it. <laughs> it's got its own tone. Sometime I will bring oh, yeah. get to get together, and I'll show you that CD, so and you will, you will. I mean, I, then you'll know what I'm. You know, we can. So what's it like? What's the line? Talk, you, you know the difference between talking about music and actually hearing, and then you know, oh, now I know what now I know what you're talking about. When you hear, when you hear, that's like I may not be very smart, but I know what love is. <laughs> <laughs> what a bunch of chocolate! <laughs> um, but but then you'll know more of what I'm talking about. I mean, if if you could get if you see what I what I don't do. There's so many things I don't do. One of the things I don't do is drive. But if we could get a car. To go up, and I, you know, meet, you know, plan to meet them, and then I, you know, if I don't, if this doesn't blow your mind, then I'll just apologize all over myself and say, well, then I was just misjudged. But I think, I think you would, you would never forget it, and you would. Yeah, it sounds like a great experience. Sounds sounds like one of your best friends. Sounds like a great guy. As I said when I said I, in my life, I've been fortunate enough to be some wonderful teachers. That's what certainly, I always say. They, they are certainly two of them. And ramble on, talk about how grateful I am, which anybody would be to have so many best friends. Like, not even just friends, but so many people that I couldn't help but consider to be the nearest and dearest people in the world. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. That also goes with sometimes losing people, and life is messy, but it's, it's freaking great knowing so many wonderful people that influence you and that you can't want, help but want to keep around all the time. Well, that's what one of the things <laughs> there is one of the things that life offers. <laughs> Thankfully, yeah. couldn't do it without them. Yeah. Well, and then to be involved in the arts, and certainly and music, alongside music, your best friends, music is a collaborative art. I mean, if you're in a, a you're a novelist, you're probably in a corner all by yourself, or you're a painter. You know, but music, I mean, for at least for a lot of people, it's a collaboration, which. I mean, see, my I think when people jam with me in terms of my playing style or my approach, 
I learned it. Takes it. So much I learned it from them. Right. Because they could sit down and just. I mean, play anything. Vicky would sometimes play. I mean, it, it seemed like we play for an hour, and it was just. And we'd just be, we'd pick up this and play that, and play, pick up something else and play that, and we'd just go on and on, and she'd just be. And finally, when she'd be done, they'd go, ah, I don't know where that came from. And this, this happened, I don't know, over, this is kind of like a little ritual. Oh, yeah. So, I don't know where that came from. And I, said, and I would look at her and I'd say, I do, Vicky. <laughs> from the spirit realm, of course. Of course, of course it came from there. I just go like that. You know it comes from somewhere else. Of course it came from the spirit it's, realm. It just so, takes, yeah. takes you from wherever you're at and immediately in that moment, no matter who it's, not necessarily no matter who it's worth, but when you are with those people that are, for instance, like your best of friends, where like you stop thinking about the moment in itself and become the moment and are in that sphere with everybody that is right there with you that you love and you just become, you become the song. You, you, the music plays. The music you, plays you, you the I, band. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, the, the Grateful Deadline, I think, is the, do yeah. I play the music or does the music play me? Well, right. it, it becomes whether, who knows, and who cares, you know, it's just... It's it's it's, the, it's alive. The magic of the moment and the beauty of the moment and the, the every everything of all fill in the blank of the of of the moment. So it's anyway, yeah. That's it's short of those words. It's almost indescribable. Even though it's one of those things you could also go on about for hours. It's like the four my, some of the, the four four lines that I'm proud of the proud of some of my recent what well, recent writing is is my song uh, you rock on. How high can the music take you? How bright can the light be? How far can the mind wander? How far can the eye see? How high can the music take you? How bright can the light be? How far can the mind wander? How far can the eye see? Yeah, that's great. Takes you right into the Shire. Those are pretty good notes, I think, to end on as far as uh, touching on the levity of music and the awesome weight that you can't wait to carry for the idea of music. It's, it's like one of those things, like, ask not what music can do for you, but what you can do for music. <laughs> it's done it's like so much for so many people, you know, like, it saved my life. God knows it's probably saved your life a million times. Like anybody, it's just... It never asks anything from anyone, but it's always there for anybody to delve into and find solace in. It's pretty awesome. It is. It is. It is awesome. It opens the door to so many things, and it uh, as a creative way of approach or outlet. Yeah, it allows a lot to happen. Brings a lot into being and keeps a lot into being. It's a sweet part of life. Yeah. It's up there. Greg Brown. You want to chat about anything else or you want to leave it at that? Um, well, Nolan, uh, we could call this chapter one if you wanted. Yeah, we'll, call, <laughs> we'll revisit it all soon. I'm glad you stopped right in. We can pop on in anytime. Have well, I'd have to. I'll have to. Uh, Get a uh, reservation in the plane, you know. No, I don't. I yeah. <laughs> it's five, a long five, five minutes. Is it five minutes? It's, I don't a, long, it's a long flight down the street. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, we'll see you next time. Fantastic. Thank you very much. Love you, brother. <laughs>